Big Finish for the love of stories. You're listening to the Big Finish podcast, release date the 1st of May 2022. Hey, what's all this about? I know you don't like getting near vortex contusions, but I only wanted to take a quick peek. I wasn't going to make you go down it. Easy. Carry on like this and you'll blow your continuum stabilizer, and I am not replacing that again. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and you've entered a world crammed with lovely people who, like you, love the audio worlds and stories created for you by Big Finish Productions. Oh, well said. Benji and I are in the aftermath of the latest Big Finish Day event up in wonderful Derby at Quad, and we'll be chatting about that in a moment. Certainly will. Well, following that, the good review guide this week, we're chatting about Torchwood, Madam I'm. It's a privilege to lead Torchwood. Then we're off behind the scenes with the Ninth Doctor, Back to Earth, starring, of course, Christopher Eccleston. My name is Christopher Eccleston, and I play the Doctor. Following that, it's once again time to open your ear inbox with listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, overflowing with listener goodness. In our also available segment in advance of our new War Doctor Begins release next week, we remind ourselves of how the War Doctor began at Big Finish with an archive investigation of The War Doctor, Only the Monstrous, starring John Hurt. This is John Hurt, and I'm playing The War Doctor. Then the randomoid selector Tron will, once again, be giving you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. It's so random, not even the Time Lords know what we're going to discover. Professor Riversong! And then it'll be time to give you a free 15-minute drama tease of the Ninth Doctor Adventures Back to Earth, Station to Station by Rob Valentine. Looks like it's just us. Then we'd better get out! Stop! Someone's a David Bowie fan, hmm? There you go, you see. Um... I'd just like to explain to listeners who I'm sure will be interested that for technical reasons I'm at a different location and using a different computer and using my my Dalek mic so I'm uh, sounding a bit like this. I'm actually, <laughs> I, I forgot I've got my microphone stand didn't I Benji? Yeah you did so now you, you kind of look like a sort of cheesy game show host. So tell me, oh. uh, well, what's it like to win a toaster? Um, in the 60s or the 70s. With <laughs> yeah, the, or a newscaster. Yes. I, Hello. Yeah, actually, outside the building where a man slipped on a banana skin. <laughs> How does it feel? Uh, uh, it's a bit, you know, a bit banana-y, a bit slippery. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, we've uh, oh goodness, I just saw the WAV file the WAV of that it's just completely mm, the waveform it's, it's, it's re- it looks like a Dalek speaking a Dalek thank you um, so I'm finding this too interesting and no one else is yeah big finish day we just got back from it yesterday didn't we Benji certainly did yeah what a lovely weekend such a nice nice thing to do after all these years to get everybody together and celebrate big finish yeah, there was a sort of a kind of huge sigh of relief collectively, I think, from everyone arriving. Definitely. And it was it's I mean, as I've said in the lead up to this, I think what's mm. so nice about it is it's such an it's such good vibes everywhere. Everybody's just really into what we do and, and just and, and one just wants to celebrate that and it, and it's just so nice. The positivity in the air was just fantastic. 
Yeah. Oh, I just wanted to say sorry to people that we, we did have plans to live stream it, but for logistical reasons that are far too boring to go into, uh, I mean, sincerely, <clears throat> um, we, uh, we weren't able to do that. So hopefully for a future event, we will be able to. Because um, I know a lot of people were hoping to sort of, uh, you know. Uh, see it. See it. Uh, even though the tickets, the tickets were sold out. Goodness knows, you know, well, two years ago. Um, um, Benji, do you have any particular highlights of it? Ooh, I mean, the highlights for me were just, just being able to see people that I've worked with, actually. Um, yeah. Who I've not, who I've never met before, because obviously Big Finish, new people come in and different things like that. And in the time in which some people have become quite established at Big Finish and doing things, or, or I've worked with different actors, um, I've I've been working remotely, so I've not had the chance to meet them. So it was really nice to see people like like Sam Clemens uh, and and yeah. you know uh, Sadie Miller and 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 see people who who normally I'm just communicating with down the line or through a computer and so it was just so nice yeah. to say hi oh my god you know it was just great fun and we, we had a lovely ride back didn't we as well well that's because uh, the trains were rubbish the east midlands railways decided to have major um engineering work which meant was it two replacement bus services and different rail services in between so we thought luckily sam clemens was driving so he offered to give you a lift Daisy Ashford, a lift who plays Liz Shaw for us, who's, you know, Caroline John's daughter. And me, a lift. So it was good. Wasn't it's just it? like a car with all my favourite humans in it. It was just <laughs> it was just really fun. Just so much laughter. Um it was it was just a lovely weekend. Have you got any highlights, Nick? Um, I suppose many, many, you know, a lovely meeting all the fans and uh, I had only one autograph session and it was <laughs> the most pressured autograph session <laughs> I've had in my life. <laughs> Um, uh, which did mean that, as you noticed, it's so funny. I wrote the wrong name on someone's altar. I clearly, it was who was it? It was Michael, wasn't it? It was it was to Michael, and um, and I was signing. I was signing in the same room as you, wasn't I? And and, mm. and so you were doing your thing, and then people would go from you to to us and mm. move down the line. Um, <laughs> And and so this chap, I've signed a few covers, and he said, "Oh, should I make it out?" So yes, to Michael, please. Okay, to Michael, and then he said, "Oh, I've also got this," and he pulled out a picture of myself and you that had been taken at the the last big finish day. Yes, and, and I looked at it, and I said, "Ah," oh. I, I said, "Right," I said, and, and I just had this moment. I thought, "Do I make it out to Michael or Toby?" He said, "Who's Toby?" And I said, "Well, I said, well, Nick's written to Toby." And he said, "See?" And I said, "Yes, I'm pretty sure that says Toby." And he said, "Oh yeah, it is." And I said, "I said, well, do you want me to write it out to Toby just to keep it uniformed, or shall I write Michael?" He said, "Michael, please." Because so so that's my name. Yeah, so I wrote to Michael in capital letters with loads of arrows pointing to his name instead of uh, from bed. But it just made it. But in a way, I think. He thought it was funny because he knows that we're always larking around anyway. So I think it, yes. it actually just became infinitely more comical. I mean, um, it's crazy because I remember him because, you know, <laughs> he'd been to Chernobyl, hadn't he? And yeah. so we were taking the photograph of us. We, we were sort of pretending that we were getting away from the radiation on him, which is a bit sick, I know. Um, and he was all full of laughter about that nonsense. And, and we spoke and, you know, and clearly the last person I signed for must have been... A Toby, 
and so I was in Toby mode. <laughs> How funny. I get so uptight about not making a mistake that I end up making a mistake. So I Michael, do, that's if, exactly what I'm yeah. like. If you're listening, Michael, I'm really, really sorry, and um, I don't know how to make it up to you. <laughs> sure it's a bit like it's a bit like doing voices and impressions like that. Like I, I, like I can do them all, and then when somebody says, oh, "Can you do this?" or like you do it, or or if you're with somebody who's like an experienced impressionist or actor, then you get really you you think I better not screw this one up, I, but I know that I will because I'm I'm know that I've said to myself that I won't. Do you know what I mean? It's that weird yeah, thing totally, that I am going to totally. screw up. Yeah, I, and talking of which, I suppose uh, I suppose my ultimate highlight is Stephen Noonan. Absolutely, our new first Doctor, who I think was a real hit with the audience, got big laughs and rounds of applause. Um, I feel like we've corrupted him. He was very reticent about coming, weren't you, Stephen? Yes, um, but you you eventually decided and committed, and boy, did you commit! I mean, he just Absolutely. made such a superb effort. He was at, Stephen's very normally very reluctant, very reluctant to just pull out a, a first Doctor voice for you. You know what I mean? He, he says, oh, "I won't do it now," kind of thing, you know. Um, but uh, he was, you know, he did the whole of one of William Hartnell's big first speeches from Unearthly Child, um, you know, which he had m- knew had memorized, and also gave us a special treat, which I thought was absolutely fantastic, which was Tom Baker. What Tom Baker said about the first, second, and third Doctors in the documentary Who's Doctor Who, which he did in a Tom Baker voice with all the right pauses and laughter and everything. And that uh, that really got a fantastic response. And I was it was just brilliant to see him, uh, you know, basking in the glow of, of appreciation from the audience. And there've been some really amazing reviews coming in. I just heard one from Mr. Tardis, who's a, a podcast vlogger person I don't know what you call them really but anyway he covers all the big finished stuff and really lovely review there well I was saying to um to Sadie and Sam I said the thing the thing about Stephen is because I'd never met Stephen before mm. and um and he did the great thing of he turned up a little bit later to the dinner because there was a bit of confusion I said he just carries himself like a rock star yeah I, and I, I really honestly Stephen I just thought seems such a nice man so accommodation to everybody he gave everybody some time and totally. was so so good and just so nice but I just I, I was sort of slightly in awe of just how cool cool of a cat the guy is I was just like wow he's just he's just a bit of a rock star um, yeah. just great fun and just you know he's one of I suppose with everybody there he's one of those people you go away and you, you feel slightly sad because you're you're not going to get any more sort of time to have a chat and have a good laugh with him or, know. you know so but yeah that was fantastic what a lovely guy well I'm hoping to nab him for a drink this week but I don't know he might be too quite busy je- quite you know, jealous being a rock star that. Yeah, Over in I mean, but someone in the audience uh, uh, said that uh, that he'd come at, in a what did he say a pimped up badass version of the first Doctor costume because he had a high collar on and a black jacket and uh, and uh, a scarf and he even had bought um, a William Hartnell style ring, ring. Yes, which he'd bought. Where had he bought it? Well, oh, know? I, I, well, I assume it's Cairo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the mystery of Cairo. Where have you been? Oh, I've just been in Cairo. Yeah. <laughs> he won't tell us why he's been to Cairo. I mean, he he, he says the reason is. What did he say the reason was? Yeah. 
<laughs> his re- yeah, he said that he's been watching um, the Benji and Nick show, which is mine and Nick's alternative podcast that we used to run very regularly. We used to do uh, podcast commentaries, and we did a commentary on, on Pyramids of Mars, <laughs> uh, which Stephen has been watching. And he said the reason that he, he decided to go to Cairo is because he'd been watching that and felt <laughs> inspired. I hope that is the actual truth. But well, I, I something... did. I, I mean, I texted him again and asked him, and uh, and he just sent me a clip of Pyramids of Mars. Okay. <laughs> 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 I love the idea that we may have inspired an overseas trip. That's legendary. I can't help but think that there was something else going on. I think he's a secret agent or something. Very very possibly. Very possibly. Anyway, big finish day. Lots of fun. Thanks to everyone who who came. I know that, you know, it'll be a week ago for you listening to this. It's uh, it's just a a day ago or two days ago for us. Yeah, you got back Um, last night, yeah. Just, I mean, we just. Well, my voice is still slightly deeper than than usual because of that. Same here. I know. I sounded like a little mouse yesterday. I love you, especially in the back of the car. You go, what? Sorry, sorry, sorry. (laughs) That's because I'm old and deaf. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, we could fill a whole podcast with thanking everyone, but um, obviously that might be a bit tiresome. (laughs) So we won't do that. Well, let's, let's instead thank ourselves and say it's now time for the Good Review Guide, uh, finding the latest positive comments about Big Finish Productions to help recommend them for you. And as promised, this week we're looking at Torchwood, Madam I'm. Pleased to meet you. I'm Adam. From Big Finish Productions. Torchwood, Madam I'm. It's a privilege to lead Torchwood. And my greatest privilege to lead you. Something is wrong with time, or at least how we perceive it. This is all uh, going so quickly, (laughs) getting out of hand. Isn't it? Torchwood has been invaded. Our memories have been wiped, and we're being fooled into a war. The Kurnaz arrived today. Even now, they're moving into orbit, ready to destroy the world. And we, the British Empire, Torchwood, won't let that happen. Fire up the engines! Big Finish. We love stories. The Lady Knitter magazine? The handwriting on the envelope? It's mine. You're sending yourself knitting erotica? Just go to bigfinish.com and type madam uh, into the search pane. Don't put what year is this? Um, don't put that in, just madam. Um, <laughs> uh, put that in the search pane at the top to find this fine addition to our inspiring Torchwood range. Well, first up, cultbox.co.uk, Rich Cross says this. Uh, as the cast interviews note, uh, it's been five years since Samuel Barnett first took on the role as the duplicitous but not wholly dislikable Norton Folgate. Barnett is always good value in the role, but there are mm. new aspects to Norton's nature to explore in Madam Ein. Adam's mental subterfuge undermines his character's self-consciousness, pushing him back into the closet and introducing nervousness and self-doubt where there was brashness before. As Adam, Brian Dick, does well in what is a challenging role. 
Music and sound design add some depth and additional atmosphere and sense of time and place to proceedings as things are brought to a satisfying conclusion. Complete with the last minute's revelation of some previously hidden culpability. And that's four stars, uh, but I think it's five because there's four blue and one white. White. I think the white star stands for the um, the fact that there's a, a few choice phrases and saucy things in Ooh. that. So I just would warn you, uh, you know, if you're, you're inspired by this review to get Madam, I'm, you know, it's it's for adults only, really. Um, I'd say that mark stands for me. It's a historical moment where I give the same mark to the review. Uh, it's not. Warmthfactor.com. Uh, hey, Tony Filer. Hello, the accent's <laughs> doctor. Uh, not even going to explain it. Madam, I'm is a fabulous, camp, complicated tale that both delivers on its torchwood villain potential but also serves as a warning against emotional vampires in your real life too. It's funny and fast. Uh, like Benji Clifford, and you need to have your your head screwed on to follow it. It's fine. I'm trying to read this out, and Benji looks like he's sort of repairing everything in his uh, office I have, there. He's I have a trackable mouse, you see. Oh yeah. And you have to be careful because um, sometimes if if a stray hair gets in it, then oh. it won't move. So yes. I was I was repairing. I have that with my magic mouse as well. Uh, but it also lands quite enough emotional punches to make it memorable for quite some time to come. Yeah, well, Tony, uh, you get ten stars out of eight and a half. Good enough for me. Good enough for me. Well, blogtohu.com, Julia Tybert says, Although the anxiety-inducing horror isn't present from the very outset, things build steadily to a gripping climax. (laughs) That was it, building steadily to a gripping climax. (laughs) Uh, Madam I'm is a solid adventure with great performances from the cast. Fans of Norton may be worried as they listen to him so out of character for large chunks of the story. Mm-hmm. But it's worth it to wonder about the strange Norton that might have been. And the ending line from him is extremely in character. Uh, it brought the whole story back full circle in a way that put an unavoidable smile on my face. Ah, well, it's nice yes. to have an unavoidable smile. It's an odd way of saying it, though, isn't it? I can't avoid my smile. I I've, can't been trying. Stop it. I've been trying. I've been trying. Oh, well, that's a 10 out of 10 there for that lovely review. We made this network.com. Lachlan Haycock says, Because we know things will be resolved, indeed, having Adam vanished into the void between world ties neatly into where he ends up prior to the start of the TV episode, making the true appeal of this release is the 50s setting and the interplay between Barnett and Kerwin. Torchwood stories at Big Finish range from dark and grisly to light and fluffy, and often a bit of both. And Madam I'm dabbles in the area somewhere in between playful banter, balances out dark undertones in a psychological and entertainingly, entertaining, <laughs> instead of, it's easy for me to say, installment in Torchwood, the monthly range. Well, I feel I need to give you extra marks for my uh, bad reading out of that review. I was just sitting back and enjoying it because the way in which you were reading it and the way in yes. which you were looking at it and the way in which you were holding the microphone, it really yes. looked like you were you were commenting on a sport or like that horse racing or something. And uh, they're coming up to the final. <laughs> Torchwood is now heading. It's Torchwood out in front. Torchwood, Barnett and Kerwin are on the... No, Barnett is... Barnett's going into the lead and Barnett's done it. Yes, it's Barnett, folks. Yes, he's done it. <laughs> 
it sounds exactly like it. It's perfect. It's the, definitely the microphone just lends itself, doesn't it? It is that type of microphone. And uh, uh, <laughs> after that race, and I'll give uh, tortured Madam I'm uh, five out of five. Well, I wish I had I had a microphone like that. I don't. Although my <laughs> microphone is from the nineteen seventies, so oh, that makes yeah. it somewhat exciting. Okay. Yeah. Um, Whoreview.com. Daniel Mansfield, son of Keith Mansfield, famous KPM music <laughs> composer, says overall, Madam I'm is another overall. stellar entry. Uh, overalls, uh, we wear them. Uh, Madam Mime is another stellar entry into Big Finish's tortured range, managing to blend comedy and drama whilst creating a consistent sense of atmosphere throughout. The Soho, the Soho team, the Soho oh. team is quickly becoming one of my favourites from Torchwood, and mm. I can't wait to hear more from them. Four point five stars. Right, I give it five giving it zero point five. Yeah, what happened there? I give it five point four stars. Sci-fi bulletin dot com. Paul Simpson coming into the paddock now. A nicely plotted, acted, and directed Torchwood tale. Eight out of ten. Straight to the point. We give it ten out of eight. Uh, on the astral plane of Twitter, Confused Ricky says, uh, I don't know what's going on. And that was Confused Ricky. Now, Confused Ricky says, Loved, loved, loved Madam I'm. Uh, it was a smart idea to make the threat more tangible than emotional, so it doesn't feel like a retread of Adam with a 1950s paint job. Uh, we're wearing overalls. Uh, really excited for the next volume of Torchwood Soho now. Nice one, nice one. Uh, also on Twitter, obviously, we're in. The Twitter sphere at Galaxy Song says, oh. "Finished, Madam. I'm, I'm so in love with fifties Torchwood. It's unreal. Well, it's what a story. That's what it is." Well, Matthew Vernon three says, "Big finish, Torchwood. Uh, Madam, I'm is magnificent. I actually think the Torchwood team has a harder time with Adam this time round. Uh, this really is a must listen. Can't go wrong with the Torchwood Soho team. A little emoji heart. Um. Adam told me to say that." <laughs> at London Concrete says the new hashtag Torchwood at Goss Jams. Madam, I'm is unsurprisingly brilliant well yeah i think that's a fair comment about james's scripts well schroderich so that sounds like schroder schroder rich or it could be sort of sounds quite german doesn't it mm. schroderich schroderich uh, i love norton so much not only is madam i'm an absolute banger but they're continuing the tortured soho series G-O-D, God, yes. <laughs> At Green Lantern 44 said, Loved Madam, I'm from Big Finish's Tortured Range, a return of a great villain, and it plays with one of my favourite themes of memory and identity. I highly recommend it. Fancy having a favourite theme. Um, now, a, a review section apparently would not be complete without uh, Philip Edney of the Sirens of Audio, and he says, um, "Madam, I'm I'm one of the mo- uh, one of the most I don't know what I'm talking about. One of the most interesting characters to be introduced into Tortured the TV series was Adam, played by Brian Dick. Adam had the gift of inserting himself into people's memories so that he had always been in their lives. A prequel to that intriguing episode is the audio by James Goss, Madam, I'm." The Adam is unsaid. Mm. Set during the 1950s Torchwood, the dynamic pairing of Norton Folgate and previously deceased Lisbeth Hayhoe, played by the talented Samuel Barnett, and still alive, 
Dervla Kerwin takes centre stage as Adam keeps appearing and reappearing in their lives in different roles. Scene change after scene change occur as the plan of Adam is slowly revealed, but Norton and Hayho can't remember what has been happening. Methods to defeat Adam are devised and forgotten before they can be enacted. The story rolls from comedy to farce to suspense and always displaying the brilliant and slightly twisted mind of James Goss. Okay. As always, Scott Hancock gets the most out of his cast. The contribution Scott has made to the Torchwood range cannot be overstated. Hear, hear. This ensemble of actors shine as they keep evolving slightly different personalities and engaging and entertaining listen. Philip Edney, The Science of Audio. I love Philip's reviews as well because they give a, a real summing up for people listening who may not have heard these stories and, and now they know what it's going to be about. Yes. And that's rather important. So absolutely highly recommended. Good stuff, Philip. Well, that's it for the reviews this week. Next time we'll be talking about Five Star Five. Five Star Five uh, and Blake Seven. Da, da, da. <laughs> Thank you for your musical interlude. Do you know, I was having fun. I've been writing some music for Blake Seven today yeah. and um, I discovered that the... You know when, when Blake Seven's opening theme ends and it has that... Wow. Wow. Um, I found the exact string sounds for that, which are ARP strings uh, from an ARP uh, string. Oh. ARP. Is that why it's ARP? <laughs> and uh, ARP. 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 Um, yes, so uh, still to come in the podcast, my favourite thing, listeners' email sent to podcast at bigfinish.com, and we'll be travelling back in time to look at the war doctor, only the monstrous, starring John Hurt. But first, let us delve behind the scenes with the ninth Doctor, Back to Earth, starring Christopher Eccleston. My name is Christopher Eccleston, and I play the Doctor. Oh, it's lovely playing somebody with so much positivity and joy and zest for life, having dealt with the pandemic as we all have. It's great to to be back. No, no way, I'm not having this. Sorry, old girl, but nothing and no one gets inside our defences. I know you won't like it, and I probably won't either, but there is something very powerful and very malevolent down that rabbit hole, and we're going in after it. So Station to Station finds the Doctor in England in the late 1800s, where he meets a young woman called Saffron with a dilemma. A dilemma that seems to have drawn her or had her drawn to this particular place where a star once fell and the doctor has to unlock the mystery with Saffron's help. My name's Helen Goldwyn and I am the director of Station to Station. Doctor, don't! It'll kill you! Maybe, but I've got to try. Otherwise, it's just going to get its claws back in. We'll forget ourselves and each other. But it doesn't matter what we do. We can't escape the doctor. See? It's starting. What? You're starting to fade. This is such a marvellously poignant and sort of wistful fairy tale of a story about the places in between, the decisions that we 
find so difficult in life, the kind of trap us. It's such a great allegory for how we get stuck on the spot when we can't make choices. And uh, I think Rob has written the most beautiful uh, script with a great lead character in Saffron as well. My name's Robert Valentine and I am the writer of the Ninth Doctor adventure, Station to Station. Yeah, this episode shares its name, Station to Station, with a, uh, both a song uh, and an album by David Bowie. And uh, it was inspired by real-life events that I associate with uh, the time when Doctor Who first came back. And Christopher Eccleston, um, who I you know knew from TV shows like Cracker and Our Friends in the North, was the new Doctor Who. For uncertain nights, you know, many moons ago now, uh, I, I would occasionally get on the wrong train at Waterloo after a night out in London, and I would occasionally end up stranded at a place called Raysbury, which, given the fact it's not far out of our nation's capital, it's a railway station that's nevertheless in the middle of absolutely nowhere, and it's a good, lonely spot to need rescuing from. And our story proper opens when a young woman called Saffron finds herself stranded at a very, very similar provincial railway station called Underbridge. I think I've got this monster's number, and maybe, just maybe... Why are you smiling? There's a thing in fairy tale classification called the Rumpelstiltskin Principle, and it also holds true for certain theoretical thought forms. Meaning? You put a name to something, you remove its power, and somewhere deep inside, they want you to. Mr. Witherell. Yes, Doctor? Platform 4, the railway cutting, leads to a tunnel. Yes. That's where it lives, isn't it? Yes. Then I think it's time I made a house call. The Doctor becomes very moved and enthused by the idea of what human beings can do together when they band together and support each other. That's the core of this. The Doctor manages to bring a number of lost souls together and of course when they're together they're not lost and that gives them power and uh, the doctor finds that immensely satisfying chris freckleson's doctor is the most no-nonsense doctor of the lot so for me it felt really interesting having him confront a monster who's very much into the nonsense but to do so head-on and to defeat the monster on the monster's terms my name is indigo griffiths and i play saffron She's a really lovely character and she has a proper arc and, you know, lots to do and lots of fun with a doctor. And, yeah, it's been a really, really great character to play. Mum's calling. You want to take it? No. I'll, I'll be there in half an hour. I'll talk to her then. Right now I need to hear your voice. Are you really sure about this? Uh, I think so. Look, whatever happens, I love you, Saf. I love you too. We'll just go to bigfinish.com and type back to earth into the search pane to grab hold of the ninth doctor's console. Hmm. Get off. Uh, time now for listeners' emails. That's right. And you don't have to hold on to an email. They don't physically exist unless you print them out, which I guess they do. But if yeah. you want to send us an email, just send it to podcast at bigfinish.com. Get them in. They might get read out. Well, if you're uh, if you're Philip Edney, then uh, you actually get a double billing 
Yeah. Because we've got but, one here. Uh, but we did this, the, the Seamstress of Peckhamai last week, and we should have had Philip's review in there. So here it is. So here it is. So this is, yeah, the Seamstress of Peckhamai. Uh, the Sherlock Holmes series keeps going from strength to strength, and the <clears> only disappointment is how few stories are released each year. Oh, come on, Philip. How many do you want us to do? Don't answer that. Jonathan Barnes has proven himself to be the master detective writer as each new story he has written is more inventive and captivating than the previous one. The twists you never see coming even when signposted for you and the characters keep surprising you with their actions. <laughs> that was a surprise, wasn't it? That was, I didn't, blimey. Uh, the support cast are <laughs> exceptional. And who's who's a big finish? Uh, Lucy Briggs-Owen, Mark Elstob, India Fisher, James Joyce, Angela McIntosh, uh, and Glenn McCready. Uh, together, they've appeared in hundreds of stories and always rise to the occasion. They do. Uh, as always, however, kudos must be given to Nicholas Briggs and Richard Earle. Oh. They, for me, are now the definitive Holmes and Watson, and everyone else is just a lesser copy. Oh. Big claim, big claim, bam. Philip. Um, oh, the angst and quiet desperation of Holmes is beautifully played, and Watson rises to new heights as a man in love and a defender of virtue. That's Richard right there. That is indeed. Uh, sound design by Benji Clifford is faultless, not thank you very much, and displays his high level of care and pedantry in <laughs> all that he does. Uh, and music by Jamie Robertson creates mood across the story. Are you pedantic about everything? Then? That one. It yeah. Was, it was a lovely story. Are you pedantic about everything? I'm quite pedantic. This is in everything. all the details. Like then, tea. Then, I'm, I'm going to hold the cup like this. I must, you see. Well, you have to you have to get it right, and anything that's missed is always picked up by the wonderful Ken Bentley, uh, who's just so meticulous in his his eye for, for detail and stuff like that. He's a great guy. But we this is I would say this is quite a team effort. We was a lot of go mm. toing and froing in the collaboration of building this together. As the winner of the 2022 Audi for excellence in performance, production and content, there is little more that needs to be said. Uh, this has been judged the best audio of the year against every other release. So, if you haven't been swept away to Peckham Rye yet, <laughs> what are you waiting for? Philip Edney. Lovely review. Thank you, Philip. Yeah. I, um, of course... I went past uh, Peckham Rye yesterday on the train. Yes, I, when I heard it, I was like, oh, I know the seamstress. <laughs> uh, Eugene Glover has said, oh, Stephen Noonan and the way of podcasts. Oh, this is quite funny. I've been listening to your podcast and for weeks you've been talking about how amazing Stephen Noonan's performance as the first Doctor is. But every time I've heard clips of him on the podcast, it hasn't clicked for me. The pitch seemed off and the delivery too frantic. I've been feeling really badly about this because... Noonan clearly has embraced the part wholeheartedly and I have no reason to doubt his excellent acting chops. Of course, I still bought the first set and was blown away at how good the performance was and also was very sheepishly embarrassed to remember that while I listen to audio dramas normally, I always listen to podcasts at two times speed. <gasps> Oops. How dare you? <laughs> I'm going to say this slower now, just how dare you? Uh Best regards at single or double speed, Eugene. So <laughs> Eugene discovered that the reason that uh, he sounded a bit too fast and frantic was, in fact, the speed at which he was <laughs> listening to the podcast. 
Thank you, Eugene. Well, we've got one here from Phil Pritchard. Subject, Big Finish Day. Mm. Uh, hi, Nick and Benji. First time emailing you, so I hope this finds you well. Yes. Well, as, as well as can be expected. Yes, um, yes. I just wanted to thank you for a fantastic Big Finish Day. I was lucky oh. enough to attend, and in my humble opinion, it was even better than the last one. <gasps> There was a real family atmosphere. All the panels were really interesting. I particularly enjoyed the four doctors. Kudos to Michael Troughton for zooming in, even though he had COVID. I know, bless him. He said at the last moment, I've got COVID, but the symptoms aren't too bad. But he didn't want to come and infect people knowingly, you know. Mm. But did you see it? His face was so huge on the screen. <laughs> it was just it gigantic behind It, it, it behind made me us. laugh. I was just waiting for him to sort of bend down and eat everybody but no (laughs) (laughs) people were saying it's a bit like the master at the end of trial of a time lord you know lots of people were (laughs) posting that on on twitter (laughs) (laughs) well we also got here paul mcgann was a delight uh really great fun i was surprised his hands didn't drop off with all the signings and yes there was a huge queue wasn't there and it was very we were very sad because at one point we we had to sort of uh, disperse the queue didn't we because because we we were running behind schedule and there was a listen-along thing where, where there was a special introduction by Christopher Eccleston that he'd videoed for us, and we wanted to get that in. And uh, I know we upset a lot of people by doing that, but I apologise profusely. And I think I'm pretty certain everyone got the autograph they wanted. Uh, I would also like to say a big thank you for the fantastic drama that you've been releasing lately. Uh, recently as it says here if I read properly Uh, Dalek (laughs) Universe and Stranded were fantastic but there was also smaller releases that I've enjoyed during lockdown Shitting and Sixpence was a delight and I hope we can get more yes that was a big finish original wasn't it Mm. Uh, thanks again Phil well it wasn't I mean you say it was a small release it had an enormous cast it was a beer but I mastered that one it it took a while to do that because there's a lot of it yeah yeah very good, very highly recommended. Uh, that is actually it for the emails this week. But there'll be more next time. And don't forget you send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. Well, the Randomoids Electrotron is firing up in the background right now, preparing itself to deliver a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Uh, I can hardly wait. It's moving into the paddock now, uh, ready to begin the race. Uh, But before that, it's time for Also Available. This week, on the eve of our latest War Doctor Begins release, starring the wonderful Jonathan Carley, who was also at Big Finish Day, absolutely lovely to see him, paying tribute to the late, great John Hurt, we return to our first adventure with John Hurt's War Doctor, Only the Monstrous. And as a warning ahead of this, it does contain a lot of me going on. Hello, I'm David Richardson. I'm the producer of The War Doctor. Uh, The idea of doing War Doctor stories at Big Finish came about through conversations between myself and Nicholas Briggs and Jason Hay Gallery. Um, We were looking to new series projects we could do at Big Finish and um, The War Doctor just seemed such an amazing opportunity to tell stories in a whole era of Doctor Who that was only really touched upon in one story on television in The Day of the Doctor. We presented the idea to Cardiff and to Stephen Moffat 
and it was absolutely embraced. He liked the idea of this whole era of the, sh- of the show that never happened being explored. And for us, it was such an opportunity to explore a very different kind of Doctor Who. I mean, the, the thing about the War Doctor is it's, it's, it's Doctor Who with the rules taken off the table to some extent. It's the Doctor who's rejected being the Doctor. His principles can't actually stand in the time of the Time War. We were so fired up with the idea, we then took it to the BBC and looked at the licensing and uh, it all came through. We knew in the early part, I think, probably around spring, early summer of 2015, that we were going to be able to do this. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I'm the writer and director of The War Doctor, Only the Monstrous. Soon our strategy will be prepared. The Daleks will be victorious. The Daleks will be victorious. It feels really lovely, but then you're probably not surprised to hear me say that. <laughs> no, it's great, uh, you know, that we're moving more and more into new series areas. And the whole thing about the War Doctor is that it's just such a vast canvas on which to paint our adventures you know the time war went on forever and ever and ever i think in the 50th anniversary special when we saw john hurt playing that part i think it was quite a uh, an inspiring moment for lots of doctor who fans myself included it just feels great to be able to play in that sand pit it was great working with nick on this actually because um he came with fully formed ideas, really fantastic ideas for an epic story that would be one massive movie for the ears. He was very collaborative. There were ideas that um, both myself and Matt Fitton threw into the mix. Certainly the idea of using the Daleks' time destructor in episode one was mine. And I think I I also contributed the idea of um, the drill ships going into the planet I think originally in Nick's original draft that was going to be mines but I I loved the idea of massive drill ships burrowing into the planet's core I thought that gave us something so an extra visual element um, but you'd also fantastic effects to work with it was really a, a very easy process from my point of view in that Nick then took that away and wrote it and it came back and it did again it was all a fully formed piece of work there's a planet i'm rather fond of it's called earth many terrible things have happened there and i was only obeying orders has become an infamous phrase there bit of a poor excuse for bad things happening but you will return to the war one day won't you yeah If anyone's familiar with my work, they may know that I've got a bit of an obsession with war films, which is why this was right up my street and I kind of leapt at it. And what I wanted to do, two things really. One was take the template of a guys on a mission movie, like something like Where Eagles Dare, and apply that to the war doctor. And of course that template immediately fails on him because he won't be part of the mission. So that you, that creates consequences and the story changes and it doesn't become Where Eagles Dare. That just becomes the starting point and it just shatters into a million other directions. And the other thing was to put the doctor in a really morally difficult position where he found himself trying to defeat someone who had the ideals that he'd always had. 
And I was put in mind of the whole situation, you know, at the beginning of the Second World War, when Churchill, the Prime Minister of England, was very much in favour of waging total war. But there were many, many people in the country and in the government who thought, now, come on, let's negotiate. This war is going to destroy us all. Let's, you know, there'll be nothing left at the end of this. So let's, you know. But Churchill said, no, we've got to fight until, you know, there's with our very last breath. And they thought that was crazy, but, you know, and that does sound like crazy talk, but it depends on the enemy you're facing, you know. And the idea that you should avoid war by negotiation is the ideal, and that uh, peace is always the best thing. But when you're faced with an enemy who are programmed for war, and who will always lie, then you can't ever negotiate with them. So it's just, I found it a fascinating situation for the doctor to be in, you know, which he points up at the end, and he says, you know, what a sick place the universe has become during the time war that he the actual enemy wasn't really the Daleks it was a man who wanted peace and all he all Ceratrix just had a dream to make peace and to be sensible to draw back from the time war look at it and say this is impossible no one's ever going to win we've got to think the unthinkable and just talk like civilized creatures the only problem is the Daleks aren't civilized that idea works right until that point it's a dilemma you can't solve and you know and the doctor at the end it's all this thing where he says you know I, i'm sick of being on alistra's side <clears throat> ready here we go and cue how efficient the time lord war machine is at eliminating an inferior enemy none of the daleks here have time travel capability you can outmaneuver them at every move yes hardly sporting is it but then, we're not in this war for sport, are we? We have to win it. Follow me. <laughs> Thank you very much. Very nice. Thanks. This is John Hurt, and I'm playing the War Doctor. The main note, as it were, was this is the Doctor who fulfills the role that the other Doctors, or, you know, the other areas of the character are not prepared to face. And that was the kind of um, the premise behind the character, which I thought was, if you have no difficulty in splitting the Doctor into all sorts of different areas, as it were, and I don't have any difficulty there, so uh, I just thought, I thought it was a rather good premise. And he sort of comes out of the imagination and uh, arrives rather like uh, Peter O'Toole in Lawrence of Arabia, you know? The thing is, of course, John Hurt is, is uh, <laughs> like a figure of legend from my uh, teenage years, you know, when I uh, snuck off to the cinema and missed an afternoon European history A-level lecture. Kids, sorry about this. Uh, to see Alien. I was just old enough to see it, but I was terrified and I put my feet up in front of my face. That sounds like I'm a contortionist. I mean, on the seat in front of me. <laughs> and... Uh, and and close the feet together every time something ghastly happened. But yeah, John Hurt is in so many of uh, the great movies that I've enjoyed. Alien was just sheerly by chance. It was a honeyed period as far as I was concerned. I couldn't seem to, you know, every, everything that I touched it just, um, was working out perfectly. I mean, Midnight Express, that, well, actually that whole period started really with The Naked Civil Servant on television which went into I, Claudius. Then I went off and did The Shout and Midnight Express and then came back and did uh, Alien and then went off to do 
Heaven's Gate and then came back to do The Elephant Man. I mean, it was quite an extraordinary period of absolutely intense work. I was really uh, quite nervous about it. And after everything had been sorted out and we knew he was going to do it, the message came back through Jason Hay Gallery from John Hurt's agent that uh, John Hurt has asked if he could have Nicholas Briggs's phone number because he wants to speak to him about something. I thought, oh, my God, it's happening now. And so I gave them my uh, mobile number and I, I missed the call from John Hurt. And so I you know, had this voicemail, which unfortunately I don't still have. I was going to keep it forever. But of course, these things disappear after seven days. I hadn't quite thought of that. And there's this lovely message. Hello, it's John. I just want to pick your brains. Give me a ring back. And so, you know, phoned him up and he just wanted to know how we were going to record. So I explained all that to him and he was delighted and very positive. So I was buoyed up and he's been delightful and positive throughout the whole thing, really. Very keen to do extra takes, very committed to getting it right, extremely complimentary about the script. He's no need to be, you know, so it's very, very nice of him. And just, he really loves it. It seems to mean something to him and uh, he, he throws his all into it. And I think he's a nice man. I've enjoyed chatting to him as well. Feel free to stop talking any time you like. Face it, you're on our side. And you're as determined to fight this war as we are. Some of us don't feel the need to enjoy it. Oh, just one thing before you go. Where can I find you, Doctor, when I need you again? At the heart of the battle where the blood of the innocents flows. And only the monstrous survive. Yes. There we are. That line came to me when I was sitting by platform 18 at Waterloo Station. Well, it would have done indeed. I thought it was inspired. <laughs> <laughs> Just go to bigfinish.com and type monstrous into the search pane at the top to remind yourself of how it all began. Don't forget that it'll soon be time to tease you with the first 15 minutes of the Ninth Doctor Adventures Back to Earth, Station to Station by Rob Valentine. But first... Coming into the paddock now, it's the Randomoid Selectatron offering you a 20% I can never say this, every other time I mess it up. A 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release, and they're off. That's right, and it's uh, going down there now and keeping going there, overtaking the other horses. Yes, we've got a few different horses, a couple of ranges there. Uh, we popped up with Toby Haydokes, who's round, uh, which, which isn't actually part of it. And here we go, we have landed on the Diary of River Song Series 1. The That's diary the thing with the Randomwood Selectatron. You have to do it a few times because it, there's a lot of Toby Haydoke. Uh, free podcasts which pop up so of course we can't give you a 50 uh, 25% discount on that because it's already free it's ridiculous but uh, do check them out there's they're always some really interesting stuff in there but oh, yes it's totally, the first totally series totally. of the diary of river song okay hold on i'm just going to find it oh in your bag wants to tell me what in your book bag river song uh the diary of river song there it is so what is the first one called? So the first one on this one is The Boundless Sea by Jenny T. Colgan. Maybe if I type that in. Then we have uh, I Went to a Marvellous Party by Justin Richards. Signs is the third episode by James Goss. And it is finished off with The Rulers of the Universe by Matt Fitton. Coming soon from Big Finish Productions, Doctor Who. 
The Diary of River Song. River? Professor River Song? And I assure you, Colonel, gender is a relatively unimportant construct when accompanied by one of these. I said. In the engines! Are those escape shuttles? For the lucky ones? Party's over, I'm afraid. Doctor, please! Don't antagonize them! He is time, Lord. He is why we can be here. What? Override some of these drive systems! There! You brought the TARDIS! I can't hear what you're saying! The signal is breaking up! Then boost it, Doctor! Help is on its way! Oh, good, good! What are you doing? Blowing you up! What? Bone on the ground! You with a bow tie! Pipe down, sweetie! I'll get to you in a moment. And there you are, Mr. Colt! How many did I have left in the chamber? No, River, come on, we can still go back to the ship. And let everyone here die? Well, perhaps we can't save them. Some events in the universe are fixed points. Uh, fixed points? Not with me around. Now I'm up close and personal, how does it compare? Too much? Big finish. We love stories. Brilliant. Well, um, uh, great selection of writers there. Paul McGann turning up in it. Amazing stuff. There's also uh, a fantastic actor who I love a lot, and that is Sam West. He's yes. In it, playing Mr. Song. <laughs> Mr. Great Song. cast. I'm sure this was this directed by Ken Bentley. Yes. Ken Bentley, who who uh, Alex Kingston has bought him a uh, what was it? A onesie. <laughs> which was a just like a squirrel or something. I don't know what it was. It was like a little bear, and he put it on in the studio. What a legend! What a legend! And having directed her in the Tenth Doctor Adventures, I just know she's so. De- I, know, I met her on set during the Matt Smith era, but I, yeah, just such a delightful human being. She is brilliant. Lovely. Really, really nice person. Great fun. Yeah. Um, Benji. Yes, sir. Uh. Yes, I would like to tell them how uh, how they can get their hands so on I've this release. I've completely lost my place in the script. Yes, you guessed. Uh, while, while, while I emailed Jackie Emery at Big Finish to make sure she knows which release to attach to the offer, Benji, please explain how you get the 25% discounts. Certainly can, and it's not difficult. All you have to do is go to bigfinish.com. When you're on there, go across the menu to podcasts. Once you're on the podcast page, it'll say read more. When you click read more, there'll be a blurb underneath the picture of myself and Nick. And it says the Randomoid Selectron also features offering you a 25% reduction on the selected release. Just click here and enter the code BUCKUP. That's BUCKUP, B-U-C-K-U-P, all capital letters, no spaces, uh, none of that. Uh, no numbers, don't put any numbers in there. Just buck up, put that in there and you'll get 25% off. It's simples. Brilliant. Well done. Nice one. I'm a little bit useless in the uh, podcast this week because I'm having to hold a microphone (laughs) because I haven't got a microphone stand. So I have to do all my typing and everything with one hand and it's getting, well, quite annoying. But luckily things are are nearly over. Beautifully done, Ran. Um, Next week's podcast, uh, I've got the details here. Let me just have a look. Using one finger, obviously. Next week's podcast... Uh, is called War Doctor Battlegrounds. 
and uh, we'll be going behind the scenes with the War Doctor Begins Battlegrounds and giving you a, um, a 15 minute drama tease of that and as we mentioned before Five Star Five and Blake Seven the Paluma Project feature in the uh, good review section so there you have it um, I don't know what we'll be chatting about next nice. week but I'm I'm reliably informed that it will be fascinating <laughs> <laughs> uh. well there we go well thanks for listening uh, as always from us here at Big Finish thanks for uh, listening enjoying and please do spread the word about all things Big Finish Big Finish for the love of stories yes Time now for the Ninth Doctor Adventures Back to Earth, Station to Station, by Rob Valentine, coming into the paddock right now.
getting near vortex contusions, but I only wanted to take a quick peek. I wasn't going to make you go down it. Easy. Carry on like this and you'll blow your continuum stabilizer, and I am not replacing that again. Oh, no. Oh, please, talk to me. I, I take it all back. Okay, this isn't good. This really isn't good. Who the hell are you? Butterfly, butterfly. Do not disturb my peace. Move along, little one, or you will be my feast. Well, you're a poet and you know it, aren't you, fella? Butterfly, butterfly. No, no way. I'm not having this. Sorry, old girl, but nothing and no one gets inside our defenses. I know you won't like it, and I probably won't either, but there is something very powerful and very malevolent down that rabbit hole, and we're going in after it. lost track. But it's dark outside, so it can't be far. First sign of trouble. Call me, alright? It'll be fine. That's what you say now. Seriously. If things turn bad, get a taxi out of there. Or I'll come get you. It's a hundred mile round trip, babe. I don't care. If you need me, I'm coming. Thanks. I'm proud of you, though. Really? Really. Thank you. Mum's calling want to take it? No. I'll, I'll be there in half an hour. I'll talk to her then. Right now I need to hear your voice. Are you really sure about this? Uh, I think so. Look, whatever happens, I love you, Saf. I love you too. Definitely England out there. Somewhere west of Greater London. The year's a bit iffy, though. Don't worry, I'm not blaming you. Anyway, best take a look. Don't wait up. Hello? Hello? Fine. Be spooky, then. <laughs> Who's that? I thought I'd told you once before not to darken my front door. Yeah, well, sorry for barging in, but I wanted to ask you a few questions, such as who and what the heck are you? Oh. There's nothing more that I detest. 
And it's late. Too late to turn back now. Listen, maybe you should. Hang on, I think we're coming into a station. I need to check where this is. Where are you now? I can't tell. This station is... Uh, I'm not sure, but I think I need to change here. this is. Uh, hold on, there's a sign down the platform. Oh, shoot. This isn't it. No. No, 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 I'm going to find a help point. Don't worry. Let me know where you are and I'll check online. You can always... Hello? Erin? Erin? Oh, great. Keep it out. Who is he? No idea, but he packs a punch. Hello? Looks like it's just us. Then we'd better get out. Stop! We don't know what's out there. Can you see him? No, but he won't have gone far. Are you all right? Uh, I, I guess so. Thanks for being here, by the way. Don't mention it. Oh, this yours. Found it on the other platform. Yeah, thanks. Screen's cracked. Oh, it was already. It's dead. Have you got a phone? Why? To call the police. Somehow I don't think they'd help. And no, no, I don't. 
Who are you? Me, I'm the doctor. What doctor? What do you mean? What's your name? Just the doctor. Look, mate, I'm really scared. Don't mess around. Who are you? Oh, right. Uh, call me John, if you like. John Smith. Dr. John Smith. But everyone calls me doctor. Doctor. Right. You okay? Yeah, I, I just... Are you official? I'm here to help. Yeah, but seriously. Seriously, see? Dr. John Smith, Railway Inspector. It says you're scared and you think there's something wrong with this place. Ah, does it? Why would you write that? Is this some sort of joke? No, it's not a joke. I am scared. Terrified, in fact. And there is definitely, definitely something wrong with this place. Where are we, anyway? Uh, Underbridge, I think. I'm not really sure anymore. Underbridge? Yeah, the railway station, middle of nowhere. Underbridge Railway Station. Don't like the sound of that. Still, what's in her name, eh? Speaking of which, what's yours? Saffron. Saffron what? Windrose. And your phone's dead and my psychic paper's misbehaving. Interesting. Psychic paper? Yep. And from now on, Saffron Windrose, you better stick with me. Oh, had I? Well, it's either that or go wandering off on your own again. <laughs> I'm sorry, but so far I don't know you're not part of this. You're definitely weird enough. Oh, thanks very much. Ticket barriers. Yeah? That thing seems pretty confident it's got us trapped here, so I wonder what happens if you try getting through. Can I borrow your ticket? Why? Because I haven't got one. Then buy one. I don't money. Well, what if the barrier eats it? I might still need it. Never mind. What is that thing? Sonic screwdriver. It's good for opening things. Usually. No luck? Nope. Oh, well, I'll just have to jump it. Be careful. At your age, you might break something. Oi, I'm not that old. Well, saying that... Wish me luck! Are you alright? What happened? There was a flash and you disappeared and then, then you reappeared. Good. Then it wasn't just me. Where did you go? Nowhere I'd leave a positive review for. Whatever you do, do not try this yourself. Don't worry, I won't. What is this place? Isn't it a station? Between you and me, I'm starting to have doubts, and I have a nasty feeling we're stuck here. This is insane. Maybe it is, but it's happening. It's real. Can you accept that? Yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. Oh, good. And just so you know, I'm sticking with you. Are you sure you should be going in there? It's just a ticket office. It's staff only. There's no staff here. It's cosy, isn't it? It's weird no one being here. What time is it? It's only, what, nine? Nine-thirty? Maybe, maybe not. All the clocks have stopped. And the line's dead. This is weird, too. You've got modern barriers and modern ticket machines out in the hall, but this lot are decades out of date. Like the desk bell. Right. What's through there? Lost property. No one's been in here in years. Or had a single item returned to an owner. Bowler hat, see? Very John Steed. Once upon a time, all the city gent commuters wore them. <coughs> Thanks. <coughs> Before my time. Unless you're counting hipsters. At least this torch works. Have you ever been to this station before? No. Like I said, there's nothing here. This is one of those... In-between places. Yeah. Let's risk going outside. 